Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. We're back from Christmas. Sorry we missed a week or two in there. We got caught up in the holiday craziness. Anyway, this week we're featuring five episodes of Jungle Jim in the Thorson's Island storyline. It's serialized, so it does, does end on a bit of a cliffhanger. The episodes first aired in May of 1941. Adventures of Jungle Jim. The Adventures of Jungle Jim, broadcast weekly over this station, are dramatized from the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement that comes to you each week with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. Join the 11 million adults and the 6 million youngsters who enjoy the world's greatest comic and adventure pictures by the world's best artists, featured in every issue of the Comic Weekly, which comes to you with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. During fleet maneuvers in the Caribbean Sea, a lone U.S. pilot discovered a strange and ominous shadow just beneath the waves. It proved to be a submarine with no identification marks. Even when it emerged to the surface, it flew no flag. Further investigation gave no clue as to its allegiance. A flight of six planes with photographers as observers could turn up no more information about the strange prowler so near to the new line of defense bases now being built to aid in the enforcement of the Monroe Doctrine. This bit of mysterious clue, when reported to Washington, was passed on to Colonel Barrett at the Canal Zone with the suggestion that Jungle Jim Bradley make a thorough investigation of any possible base such as a submarine could operate from. We pick up Jungle Jim in Colonel Barrett's office discussing the matter. So you see, Jim, while the information the Navy has been able to gather is incomplete and very sketchy, the nubbin of the idea spells trouble for us, unless we find out definitely that the sub they sighted was just a single stray one off its course. If not, we must locate and destroy the base from which it came. Finding the proverbial needle in the haystack seems simple alongside this. Uh, It's not an easy job. It's the kind of one we prefer to work on unofficially. You see, Jim, with world conditions as they are, and so many undeclared wars raging, our policy is to ferret out these plotters, such as Doc Beard, before they do any damage. The powers they represent never find out what happens to them. That's all right, Colonel, but uh, this submarine... Without more information to go on, I could make a lifetime career just looking for it. The Caribbean is rather large, you know. Well, let's go over the facts, Jim. A submarine has definite limitations as to cruising range, Mm -hmm. both on the surface and submerged. Yes, go on. In the meantime, the Navy Department supplied me with a report on the rated performance of the type which they believe this one to be. Uh, There it is. Now, let's see. Displacement about 1,100 tons, surface speed 16 knots, submerged 10 knots. Uh, Ah, here it is. Cruising radius with full complement of officers and men, 1,750 miles. You see, Jim, that clenches it. Yeah, that cuts down the job a lot. Only 1,750 miles. Just a couple of days' walk. No, Jim, not 1,750. Half of that. Only 875 out and 875 back. Yes, that's right. Say no, Colonel. This might be interesting at that. Interesting. Say, Jim, I envy you the opportunity. 
I'd be willing to swap jobs right now. Don't know as I want to, Colonel. Whoever owns this sub must have a base. And just suppose we were faced with such a problem. I mean, if we were looking for a secret base for our own subs, where would we most likely locate it? That's the stuff, Jim. I knew you wouldn't pass up a chance like this one. Well, now, let's see. Has a detailed map of the entire area. Now, uh, where was the sub first spotted? Right here. Mm-hmm. The carrier was 75 miles north, and here's the spot, halfway between the canal and the island of Jamaica. Well, the most logical place would be to the east, and probably toward the coast of South America. Mm-hmm. That would give them access to the ocean, either through the Windward Passage or between Trinidad and Venezuela. Yes, Jim. That would seem to be the most logical place, but don't rule out the small island reefs to the north between Puerto Rico and the Leeward Islands. Mm-hmm. Either place would fit in the possibility of a base for such a sub. I think we can rule out the western shores of the Caribbean. Yes, definitely. That would be too risky. Why, we'd find a base there in a 48-hour search. Come in. Yeah? Radiogram from Puerto Rico base, sir. Oh, let me have it. Uh, pardon me a moment, Jim. Yes, certainly. Ah, uh, uh, that's all. No answer. Thank you, sir. Huh. Jim, this should have been addressed to you. It's from Colonel Cripps of Puerto Rico. Have you made arrangements with Jungle Jim Bradley? If so, when can we expect his arrival? Much more information is now available. Signed, Cripps. Well, I guess that settles it, Colonel. Yes, I'll leave within an hour. Just got to pack a toothbrush. Jim, you'll never regret this decision. And you know you have my best wishes for every success. Thanks, Colonel. I'll have to round up Kitty, and uh, will you arrange uh, transportation for us? Well, if an hour is enough for you to get ready, it's okay with me. See you at the airport, then. While Jungle Jim is making the decision to follow new and uncharted trails wherever they may lead, Kitty St. John is being mildly amused listening to the tall tales being told by the young pilot. They gather around the vivacious Kitty as bees gather around a fragrant flower. It was almost time to bail out. That ship was wound up in such a tight spin, I I, I, I thought it would never kick out of it. And, and, uh... My, well, go on. Uh... Uh, where, 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 where was I? All wound up, wasn't that it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the ship had lost about 6,000 feet, and I only had 1,500 feet of air between me and, and well, curtains. How awful. What happened then? Well, I, I kicked opposite rudder, pulled the stick, it took, the earth stopped spinning, and, and she slipped into as pretty a dive as you ever saw. Oh, say, that was as close as I ever want to be to that kind of a crack-up. Well, why didn't you jump? Oh, well, you know... Feller always likes to bring his ship back in one piece. Looks nice on the record. Hello, Tom. Yeah. Uh, oh, hiya there, Bowers. Uh, uh, do you know Miss St. John? Why, of course. How do you do, Lieutenant? How do you do, Miss St. John? Oh. Oh, well, you do know each other. Well, uh, I'll get along. Uh, gl- glad to see you, Bowers. Uh, so long. Oh, wait a minute, Sonny. Huh? Did I just hear the lieutenant telling the pretty lady a flying story? Yes, he was telling me about a tight spin his plane got into. Oh, oh I think you men take too many chances. Bad enough when you have to take them. Oh, but terrible things might happen. Yes, yes, indeed. Sometimes terrible things do happen to pilots who take chances. 
Chances like telling such stories to civilians. Oh, don't be silly. Lieutenant Tom wasn't giving away any military secrets. Well, uh, I'll be on my way now. Uh, not so fast. Miss St. John, do you mind telling me just the highlights of the story? Uh, oh, it was about a tailspin, and rather than jump and lose a ship, he fought it out and brought it down safely. Uh-huh. I don't see why that could be against regulation. Oh, come on, Tom. Tell the rest of the story, or I will. Well, it, it, it could have happened that way. Yeah, but it didn't. Come on, I'll fess up or I'll recommend you for the paddle club. The what club? Uh, that, miss, is a most exclusive gathering to which tall storytellers are admitted by way of a canoe paddle. Applied in such a manner that uh, one eats from a shelf for some time. Lieutenant Town. So I've been spoofed, have I? <laughs> oh, well, yes and no, Miss St. John. The details are factual, but it didn't happen up in the air in a real plane. It... It was in a link trainer. Yes, it was in a link trainer, only three feet off the ground. He's never been up without an instructor. Oh, <laughs> oh I don't mind being kidded. It was just as interesting, though, as, it, as if it had actually happened. In fact, I think you made it sound more real than if it did happen. <laughs> oh, but now that you've told the truth, you're no longer eligible for the paddle club, are you? No, no. Once the truth is told, that's the end of it. Okay, Frank. And thank you, Miss St. John, for, well, for taking it like a sport. <laughs> I really must be going now. So long. Goodbye. And happy landings. Gosh, those kids are a wonderful bunch. They sure are. You'll make a wonderful flyer someday. But the paddle club is a very necessary part of their training, too. Yes, I guess so. Spare the paddle and spoil the pilot. <laughs> oh, Kitty, there you are. I've been looking all over for you. Hello, Jim. Oh, this is Lieutenant Bowers, Mr. Jim Bradley. I do, Lieutenant. Oh, very glad to know you, Mr. Bradley. A pleasure, sir. Uh, Kitty, I've got to talk to you. We leave in half an hour. We leave for where in half an hour, and why? Uh, well, I guess I'll mosey along, too. Glad to make your acquaintance, sir. You, too, sir. I'll be seeing you. Goodbye. Goodbye, Lieutenant. I remember your club. Well, you don't have to. Ladies can't join. Goodbye. Goodbye. Where are we leaving for, Jim? What's the rush? Come on, I'll tell you while we walk over to your room. I don't know our final destination, but we're leaving for Puerto Rico right now. Oh, Jim, it's another case. Oh, maybe it uh, might develop into one, but right now it's only an idea. And I thought you were going to rest up, take a little vacation, just do nothing for a while. Yes, Kitty, I thought so too, but you know how things pop up. Well, what pop now? Beard's brother? No, no. All I know is the Navy sighted a strange, unmarked, and unidentified submarine, which they believe is based secretly off the South American coast. And we might have to find that base. We? Can't the Navy find anything? Can't the Army protect the old canal without your getting all shot up doing it? Why, Kitty, I'm surprised at you. Well, don't be. You're hardly recovered from that operation, and here we go traipsing off. Off you don't even know where. It's not fair to yourself. Kitty, I'm as strong as an ox. And don't you try to kid your Uncle Jim. Why, you would stay behind even if I gave you a chance to, which I won't. Now, how do you like that? Well, I don't like it. But I guess I'll go anyway. Had <laughs> a girl, Kitty. And I believe you'll bring us good luck. Here you are now. You pack, and I'll meet you at the airport in 20 minutes. Okay, Jim. See you then. Goodbye, Jim. Goodbye, Miss St. John. Goodbye, Colonel Barrett. So long, Colonel. Goodbye, Colonel. Give Colonel Quips my regards when you see him. He'll probably meet you at the field. Have a landing. Thanks, Colonel. I'll keep in touch with you.
Well, there it is, Kitty. That pretty little ribbon of water is the precious Panama Canal. It's a beautiful sight. But aren't we flying in the wrong direction? Puerto Rico's north of here, isn't it? Sure it is. That's the way we're going, northeast. No, Jim, we're flying south. The canal is back there. Now, Kitty, you don't mean to tell me you don't know which way the Panama Canal goes. Sure, east and west. Ah, no, ma'am. The isthmus makes a sharp bend. And when using the canal to travel from the Atlantic to the Pacific, you actually travel east by south, contrary to popular belief. Well, what do you know about that? (laughs) No wonder they call it the beautiful blue Caribbean. Looks like a picture. Too colorful to be real. It's lovely, all right. But under those waves somewhere, maybe just the sub we're looking for. Oh, maybe it was a whale or some big fish they saw, Jim. Maybe it'll turn out to be a false alarm. At least I hope so. Well, I guess the authorities would be just as well satisfied if you're right. They have plenty to do now to get our own bases ready without trying to find some belonging to an enemy. How much longer is the trip, Jim? Oh, I'd say we made it just about halfway by now. Jim, the color of that water fascinates me. Me too, Kitty. Why, it's beautiful. And it changes, too. See over there? Good golly, Kitty. Do you see what I see? Where? Over there. Sure, that's where it changes. That patch is darker. That's not a change in color, Kitty. That's the shadow of a submarine. Submarine is sighted by Jim from the observation post of the Flying Fortress, which is bringing them to Puerto Rico. What can they do about it? Don't miss the next exciting episode of the Adventures of Jungle Jim. Remember, you can follow these adventures in the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement containing the best full-color adventure and comic pictures. Remember, no other comic supplement can give you the top names of Cartoon Land like the all-star favorites to be found in the Comic Weekly. The whole family follows the fun and frolics of Jiggs and Maggie, the Little King, the immortal Donald Duck, as well as the exciting adventures of Jungle Jim and Flash Gordon. Join the 11 million adults and the 6 million youngsters who every week find the greatest of home entertainment in the Comic Weekly, which comes to you with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. More thrilling adventures of Jungle Jim will be heard at this time next week over this station. Be sure to tune in. Presenting the adventures of Jungle Jim. The 
Adventures of Jungle Jim, broadcast weekly over this station, are dramatized from the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement that comes to you each week with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. Join the 11 million adults and the 6 million youngsters who enjoy the world's greatest comic and adventure pictures by the world's best artists, featured in every issue of the Comic Weekly, which comes to you with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. Jungle Jim finally accepts a new assignment from the intelligence service of the Army to investigate possible bases an enemy power might have in or near the Caribbean Sea. The only evidence of such secret bases is the presence of small submarines with a limited cruising range, which have been sighted but not recognized as belonging definitely to any one nation. While the authorities are disturbed by the presence of these strange craft with world conditions as they are, nothing can be done about it officially. Hence, the request to Jungle Jim to quietly investigate the matter and furnish the evidence on which to act. Jim and Kitty St. John have left the canal zone and are now winging northward in a flying fortress to Puerto Rico, where Colonel Cripps is awaiting Jim with all the information both Army and Navy intelligence have been able to gather up to this time. Looking down at the ocean, Kitty spots a strange shadow in the water. Jim recognizes it as a submarine. It's a submarine, Kitty. Maybe it's the one, the one they're looking for. Well, even if it is, all we can do is look at it. What luck. If this were a flying boat instead of a land plane, we could go down and investigate. Maybe we could finish up this case right here and now. But we can't, so what's the best thing to do? I wonder if Captain Chandler has seen it yet. Lieutenant Foley. Yes? Is Captain Chandler about... Yes, sir. He's up on the navigation deck. I'll call him for you. No, thank you. Nice quiet trip, Mr. Bradley. So far. It's always one way or the other over the sea. Quiet as a mill pond or the kind of weather that makes you wish you were not in the air. I've heard that these Caribbean storms are bad news. Hello there. Well, how are our passengers enjoying the trip? Uh, hello, Captain. Uh, Miss St. John just started a queer shadow below, and my guess is that it's a submarine. Might be the very one that uh, we'd like to know more about. Well, where is it, Jim? To our left. We've just passed over it. Swing over, Mr. Foley. See if you can pick her up. Thank you, Jim. We certainly want to get a look at that sub if possible. Let's go down to the observation bay. Uh, Foley, tell the radio officer to try for an immediate contact. Of course, it could be one of our own subs, couldn't it? Well, if it is, we'll have them on the radio almost immediately. There it is, Captain. Yes, you're right, Jim. It is a sub. No mistake about that. They're coming up. Isn't it small? Well, not so small, Miss St. John. You see the altimeter? We're a mile and a half above the sea. It's still half submerged, but they're coming up all right. Can they see us? No, subs can only observe on the surface. The air is a blind spot for them. That's why under actual combat conditions, they're as much at the mercy of a plane as a fish is at the mercy of a gull. And they can't hear us until they're on the surface. That's right. Well, there's the number. Why, say, that looks like it'd be... Why, that could be one of our own. Yes, that is one of the serial numbers we're using, Jim. If it's one of ours, they'll answer our radio immediately, and then we can be sure. It's just our luck. It would be a United States sub when we're looking for another one. (laughs) That's true. But you never can be sure, Jim. That's why we use the radio for all these times like this. Now, if it is a sub other than our own... Oh, here he is. Captain Chandler, message, sir. All right, Sergeant. Here, let me have it. Yes, it's one of our own fleet, Jim. Engaged in diving practice. Well, we're 
just as far away as ever from our goal. What's the difference, Jim? We've got to catch up with them sooner or later. Sergeant, my compliments to the CO. Tell him we're en route to Puerto Rico and see if he wants to relay any message. Yes, sir. Tell the pilot to resume our original course. Yes, sir. Modern communication, plane to sub and sub to shore. And all these new developments depend on radio. Well, military operations have always been limited to the scope of communication. Without the telephone and radio, wars would be fought the same today as the Romans fought them. Wasn't the Battle of New Orleans fought weeks after the Treaty of Peace was signed? Uh Uh-huh. After the battle was all over, the news of peace arrived. Now the world advances. Now with radio, we can flash the news all over the world at once that battles start and end before war is declared. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Sergeant. Uh, Will you show the way, please? Yes, sir. You go ahead, Jim. Right, Captain. Now, Miss St. John, if you'll allow me, I'll be your escort to the dining saloon. Such formality. Is my smile on straight? Well, I'd say two points off on the starboard side. That's exactly right. While Jim and Kitty are winging northward to Puerto Rico, the Navy patrol planes are crisscrossing every square mile of the Caribbean, on the lookout for any more signs of the supposedly hostile submarines. This is dreary work, as a million square miles of open water must be gone over and scrutinized carefully from hundreds of planes flying at fairly low altitudes. We pick up one unit after another of this vast flying group that now performs as the eyes of the fleet, Flight 11, Lieutenant Thompson reporting from Area 6. Come in, Flight 11. What is your report? Have made all contact points. No sign of Objective 6. Sea is very calm. Weather perfect. Visibility unlimited. Have gas enough to last one half hour more than schedule. Okay, Flight 11. Continue on plan for Area Number 6. That is all. Calling headquarters, Lieutenant Jackman, Flight 14 reporting. Calling headquarters, Flight 14 reporting. Come in, Flight 14. I've made all contact points, area number 21. No sign of objective number 6. Due to finish patrol in five minutes, we'll then return to base. What is my position? Tune to 55.10 megacycles and return on beam. 55.10 megacycles. Okay. See you in half hour. That is all. Signing off. While these reports are pouring into headquarters from every point of the compass, Jim and Kitty are rapidly nearing their destination. The flight in a flying fortress, one of the newest weapons for hemisphere defense, has been a revelation. They have inspected the armaments and been amazed at the efficiency of the superbly trained crew under the able leadership of Captain Chandler. Now for amusement, they're all in the radio section listening in on routine communications between the patrol planes and the carrier from which they have taken to the air. Those pilots chatter like a lot of magpies. Pilot number this and report number that. Yes, Miss St. John, with us, radio is a serious business. Oh, I didn't mean to belittle them, but it sounds all the same to me. Well, those numbers are code for... Well, most any sort of meaning. I can tell you the objective number six is the strange submarine. 
Judging from the reports, those subs are certainly scarce. Today, not one patrol ship has even had a false alarm, much less anything important to report. Uh, Captain, about how long can a sub stay submerged? Well, that would vary, Jim, with a number of factors. They were just hiding out on the bottom. They could probably stay below for the daylight hours and only have to come up at night to replenish their batteries. Well, that's sort of an anchor. About how long can they stay below if they're moving? Well, again, that depends on cir- circumstances. Running full speed, I'd say about four hours. Just cruising along at, say, three or four knots, they're probably good for eight to ten hours. Then, if they're at all active, the patrol should spot them. Yes, the flights are constant from dawn to dark. Another report coming, sir. Want to hear it? Oh, let's not and say we did. I'm tired of them. Try one more, Kitty. It might be good. Yes, and we might hear the Ulrich family, too. More information, please. <laughs> well, you can suit yourselves. We don't have to log these calls. They're just interesting if they concern us. Flight number 33, urgent report. Come in, headquarters. Flight number 33, urgent report. Headquarters, come in. Come in, 33. What's up? Objective number six is in sight in area 59. I'm positive it's the type of sub we're seeking. I've been following it for about five minutes now. It's cruising just below the surface. The periscope is exposed only a few feet. See, Jim? Switch to your key. Send your flight number continuously. We want shore stations to check your position. But don't lose sight of objective number six. Yes, sir. What'd I tell you, Kitty? You never know. Boy, oh boy, I wish we were inside of that pilot right now. Oh, not so fast, Jim. What could we do? Nothing but what he's doing. Let's report our position to shore stations, and they'll figure out his position by radio compass. But why can't we do the same thing? Find out where he is by the signals he's sending. Well, we haven't the complete equipment for that, but our antennas are loops, and we can get the general direction it's coming from. Uh, Sergeant, where would you say he is? The loops are NWSE, sir. Uh, Northwest, southeast, sir. Yes, Flight 33, keep pounding that brass. One shore station has you, just waiting for the other to come in any moment. Have you still got objective number six in sight? I sure have, but I'm standing on one ear in a continuous bank to do it. Objective number six is very slow, cruising along about eight or nine knots. Just enough for the periscope to ripple a tiny wave. Keep it under observation and continue your flight call on the key till further orders. Uh, how far away could he be? Oh, I would say between two and three hundred miles southeast of her, sir. Well, let's see the map. I would make his position somewhere in this neighborhood, right in a nest of small reefs and uninhabited islands. Yes. One could hide a hundred subs in and around that group of atolls. Yes, and if they didn't come out too often, it might take a month of Sundays to find one. Flight 33 reporting. Come in, headquarters. Keep that key going, 33. We've only got one leg of your exact position. Had to come in. Sub changed course and veered south toward a group of four islands. But my exact position is not quite necessary. These islands are laid out like a three-leaf clover. Three round ones close together, and the fourth is a long one exactly like a stem. Okay, but keep on that key anyway. The old man wants exact position readings on all contact reports. Did you hear that? A group of islands shaped like a three-leaf clover. Why, even I could find those. Yes, Jim, but that sub is only heading toward the group. Could change course again, you see. Let's keep listening. Maybe he'll have some more to tell about it. We're tuned in on him. He's still sending his flight number in Morse for the radio compass calculation. Flight 33. Headquarters calling. Come in, headquarters. We've got your position. What is your report now? No change from last. Still following course of objective number six. And it seems definitely headed for the group I described as Clover. 
Only trouble is, I've overstayed my time on this patrol. How much gas have you got? Oh, not too much. Just switched the reserve tags. About one hour. Okay, you're going to return. Don't want to get your feet wet. Signing off. Flight 33, Area 51, returning to base. Well, that's the end of that report. But maybe that pilot did locate the nest of these sea hornets. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he did. And here's hoping, Jim, that you smoke them out soon. Thank you, Captain Chandler. I hope it's as easy as you make it sound. It never is, Jim. No, I suppose not, Kitty. Puerto Rico dead ahead, sir. We'll be landing in a few minutes. Thank you, sir. Well, Jim, this is the end of the journey. The end of one for you, Captain. But the beginning of one for us. What does it look like from the air? Say, there's a mountain range off in the distance. Yes, Miss St. John. Those are the mountains of Puerto Rico. Well, it's time now for safety belts. We'll be in in just a few minutes. Okay, Captain. Here we go. What new adventures lie just over the horizon for Jungle Jim? What new surprises are the enemies of hemisphere defense preparing that Jim must ferret out? Don't miss the next exciting episode of The Adventures of Jungle Jim. Remember, you can follow these adventures in the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement containing the best full-color adventure and comic pictures. Remember, no other comic supplement can give you the top names of cartoon land, like the all-star favorites to be found in the Comic Weekly. The whole family follows the fun and frolics of Jiggs and Maggie, the Little King, and the immortal Donald Duck, as well as the exciting adventures of Jungle Jim and Flash Gordon. Join the 11 million adults and the 6 million youngsters who every week find the greatest of home entertainment in the Comic Weekly, which comes to you with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. More thrilling adventures of Jungle Jim will be heard at this time next week over this station. Be sure to tune in. of Jungle Jim. The Adventures of Jungle Jim, broadcast weekly over this station, are dramatized from the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement that comes to you each week with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. Join the 11 million adults and the 6 million youngsters who enjoy the world's greatest comic and adventure pictures by the world's best artists. Featured in every issue of the Comic Weekly, which comes to you with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. Jungle Jim, Kitty, and Kolu have had a rather uneventful trip on a large army bomber from the Canal Zone to Puerto Rico. The plane is now in sight of the landing field, and the pilot has just cut the motors to come in for a landing. Kolu, in his usual fatalistic fashion curled up in a corner as the plane took off and slept like a kitten through the entire trip. 
Consequently, he had no knowledge of the submarine which was sighted and of the fact that it turned out to be a United States craft on diving practice. Jim had hoped that it would prove to be the strange, unmarked, and possibly hostile submarine, which he agreed to track down for the intelligence department. The big bomber is gliding down to the newly enlarged field on Puerto Rico, one of the links in the new chain of hemisphere defense being erected by the United States government. That's Puerto Rico, Kitty. Gosh, no wonder they gave it such a poetic name. A memorable green island in a setting of blue. Yes, but that brown patch is a military airfield, Jim. An evidence of civilization. Today's civilization. It's always been the same, Kitty. Some nations work for their progress. Others believe they can find a shortcut to it through wars of conquest. But it's so horrible, Jim, and so wasteful, too. Any nation worthy of the name, Kitty, has always had the responsibility of defending itself. And the more it possesses, the greater becomes that responsibility. Golly, what's that? I don't know, but it sounds awful, Jim. Like a sick cow. Yeah. What be that noise, Juan? Well, whatever it was, it woke Colo up. It's a miracle. How are you, Colo? Feel fine, Juan. What be noise? We'd better find out. Is that a new kind of dinner horn pilot? No, sir. The warning signal that the landing gear retractor is out of adjustment, sir. Nothing to worry about. Just some little thing out of adjustment, sir. Oh, I see. Probably can be fixed, eh? No question about it. Just as soon as we can find out what it is. Nothing to worry about, sir. We have plenty of fuel. We could stay up here all day if necessary. Okay. If I can be of any help, just call on me. Thank you. I'll go back and tell the folks all about it. What is it, Jim? There's something wrong with the landing gear. Some little thing out of adjustment. Nothing serious, Kitty. Nothing serious. Only the landing gear. That's nice. Juan, it'd be like bird with wings. No feet. How we can land. No can do. Now, look, this is a modern plane with a darn good pilot. And a maintenance crew aboard. Whatever's wrong, they can fix it. But we're flying past the field. And we're climbing, Jim. The pilot said we have enough gas to stay up here all day. And they'll surely find some way to remedy the difficulty before then. Now, don't worry about it, will you, Kitty? Not worry, Jim, but it, it certainly gives one a very funny feeling. They fix, Miss St. John. If not, we go down anyway, land somehow. I'll go up forward and see how they're making out. How are things going, Lieutenant? Oh, not bad. I've tried the landing gear a couple of times. It comes up all right, and now it seems to go down all the way. That is, judging by the sound it makes. I'm going to glide down a few hundred feet and try it once more. Okay. That signal is automatic, isn't it? Yes, sir. When we hit a thousand foot altitude, it sounds the warning if the landing gear is not down or if it's not working properly. I'll be watching the alimeter in the cabin. And here's hoping. Thank you, sir. Well, Jim? They made some adjustments. They're going to try again. Come on back here, Kitty, and we can watch the alimeter. If we go below a thousand feet without the signal sounding, it means we're okay. It reads thirteen hundred feet. We were up to 1,500 when I was in the uh, pilot's compartment. There she goes. 1,250. 11,50. Jim, we're 1,100 feet above the field. Not the field, Kitty. Sea level. The field could easily be a couple of hundred feet higher than the water. And even thousands. Listen. 950 feet and not a peak. Now, what did I tell you about worrying Jim, I'm glad you're right. But just think of landing without the wheels down. Oh, we'd crack up sure shooting. Well, it wouldn't be exactly a three-point landing. Mm, now it reads 851. Mm. Oh, Jim, there's that horrible noise again. Yes, that landing gear is still acting up all right. Mm, maybe landing gear be all right. 
just horn broke. Make noise for nothing. That's a possibility, too, Colo. We'll see. No luck, sir. That is not yet. I'm going to get the ground crew on the radio and fly down and see if they can tell how nearly the wheels can be brought into position. That's not a bad idea. My man Colo suggested that maybe the warning horn circuit was shorted and that the landing gear might be okay. Hello, Lieutenant Foley calling control tower. Lieutenant Foley calling. Field is clear. Come in on runway four. Having trouble with my landing gear. I want to fly down to 200 feet. You take a look at it and let me know if it's down. Come on down. Fly over runway four. I'll have observers spot you with glasses. Right. When did you notice this trouble? When I started down for the landing, the trouble horn started yapping. Now cut the emergency circuit on the horn. Okay. Come on down. Stay at 200. Coming down. Now wait for your report. It's still possible that the landing gear is okay then, eh? Well, we'll soon know. Oh, are we all right, Jim? Oh, no, for sure, Kitty. We're going down to let the ground crew take a look at the undercarriage. I'll be back in a minute with the news. We've gotten a pretty good look at it, Foley. Only one wheel is down. Looks pretty bad. But stay low. I want another observer to spot it. All right. I'll pull this course. That's the story. Your left wheel is down, but the right one is still fully retracted. Can't budge it, huh? Nope. We tried every trick we know, and it seems impossible to move. Only one thing to do, Foley. Yes? Pull the other one up and try to pancake in. Uh, uh, tie those passengers down, and you better issue crash helmets. Okay. You're probably right. I'll come in on runway number four. Four it is. Happy landing. Thanks. Here we come. I'll have to circle the field once more, Mr. Bradley. Will you see that everyone, including yourself, is fastened securely with your safety belts and pass out those crash helmets? You'll find them in locker number six on your left there. This may shake you up a bit, but no one will be hurt. Right, old Lieutenant. Don't worry about them in there. They're good soldiers. Just bring her down the best way you know how. Kolu, Kitty, we've got to put on these helmets and strap ourselves in and wait. The pilot can't get the other wheel down, so there's nothing to do but land as best we can. All right, Jim, but don't look so worried. I'm not one bit afraid. Just another experience, so let's come. Atta girl, Kitty. Here, take the seat and back. Hey, you're next, Colo. Jim, we're gliding down. Hurry up and fasten your belt. Yeah, Colo can do it, Juan. You get tied to seat. Hurry. Listen, you, we can't take chances. Let me fasten that strap. Jim, we're almost down. Get in your seat. Okay, Kitty. I'm in. Hold everything now. Yeah. And remember, relax. Yes, we're fine. Congratulations on a, on a swell job, pilot. Oh. Anybody hurt here? Here, let me give you a hand, sir. I'm okay. Now stand back there and I'll make room for this lady. There you are, miss. Now don't jump. We'll lift you. Boy, oh, there you are. Oh, doesn't the earth feel good under your feet? You're lucky, miss. Oh, thanks. Thanks. We can make it alone all right now. Your car's right over here, sir. Oh, thank you. Come on, Colo. Say you can take that helmet off now. Yeah. No can do, Tuan. Why not? Kolu bump head. Must be big lump inside. Hat no come off. Holy mackerel. Kolu, think of you getting a swelled head at a time like this. 
not be funny, Swan. I should say not. I think it is. Stop your laughing. It probably hurt, too. <laughs> not hurt much, Miss St. John. But hat not come off. Don't worry, Colo. We'll get it off if we have to saw it off. Uh, we have orders to take you to the office of Colonel Cripsa. Uh, okay, drive on. Here's the officer. Trenlow's waiting. Uh, Kitty, while I'm in here, you'd better take Colo over to the hospital and see if they can get that chapeau off. I'll be glad to drive the folks over, sir, as soon as I brought you to the office. Uh, fine. After that, you'd better go to the hotel. I'll meet you there as soon as I can. All right, Jim. Bye. Goodbye. And don't lose your hat, Colo. Colonel Cripps? Yes? I'm Jim Bradley. Well, Jungle Jim Bradley. Well, we're both fortunate. You and being here in one piece and me. Well, Bradley, I'm delighted you agreed to work on this matter for us. I'm very glad to know you, Colonel. And I present you with the best from Colonel Barrett. Thank you. I was talking to him only this morning. I just had a report on your landing. You're very fortunate, lad. That Lieutenant Foley is a real pilot, Colonel. I'd like to meet his commanding officer and tell him just that. I know he's a good flyer. But still, I say you're lucky... Anything can happen when you pancake in with 15 tons of airplane, no landing gear. Yes, I suppose so. Well, uh, now that we're here, safe and sound, Colonel, uh, what do we do next? Jim, our task is relatively simple. Look at this map here. Yes. Now, here is an island privately owned by a fabulously wealthy recluse who is supposedly improving and modernizing it, building a sort of feudal state or kingdom sufficient unto itself. I've heard of such places. Sort of a world of his own, eh? Right. But, and here's the nucleus of the whole thing. We've spotted those submarines near that island too often for their presence to be a mere coincidence. And lately, twice as many traders and tramp steamers are stopping there regularly, and they're from far-off places, too. Well, uh, why can't you just take a company of Marines and look the place over and... Oh, he can't go on a strong-arm fishing expedition like that. Not without some better evidence than suspicion to go on. That's what you've got to get for us. Yes, I suppose that's the proper way. We want legal and positive evidence. Oh, excuse me. Uh, certainly, Colonel. Colonel Cripps speaking. Oh, hello, Captain. Yes. Yes? No. You're positive? All right, get me photographs. And, uh, wait. Don't let anybody near that plane till every inch of it has been tested for fingerprints. Right. Yes, yes, right. And let me have a report as soon as possible. That's right. Goodbye. Uh, Bradley, they've fired the first shot. What do you mean, Colonel? What happened to that plane's landing gear was not an accident. It was deliberate sabotage. <laughs> Somebody wants Jungle Jim out of the way. His reputation for ferreting out wrongdoers has startled someone into even sabotaging a United States Army plane. Don't miss the next exciting episode of The Adventures of Jungle Jim. Remember, you can follow these adventures in the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement containing the best full-color adventure and comic pictures. Remember, no other comic supplement can give you the top names of Cartoonland. 
like the all-star favorites to be found in the Comic Weekly. The whole family follows the fun and frolics of Jiggs and Maggie, the Little King, and the immortal Donald Duck, as well as the exciting adventures of Jungle Jim and Flash Gordon. Join the 11 million adults and the 6 million youngsters who every week find the greatest of home entertainment in the Comic Weekly, which comes to you with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. More thrilling adventures of Jungle Jim will be heard at this time next week over this station. Be sure to tune in. Adventures of Jungle Jim. The Adventures of Jungle Jim broadcast weekly over this station are dramatized from the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement that comes to you each week with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. Join the 11 million adults and the 6 million youngsters who enjoy the world's greatest comic and adventure pictures by the world's best artists, Featured in every issue of the Comic Weekly, which comes to you with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. The accident to the landing gear of the Army plane carrying Jim, Colo, and Kitty St. John to Puerto Rico proved upon investigation to be deliberate sabotage. This news struck Jim like a thunderbolt. He had no more than accepted the assignment to investigate a hostile submarine base in the Caribbean when the secret enemy seemed to have knowledge of the fact and almost succeeded in ending Jim's life. Colonel Cripps and Jim map out their strategy, which calls for the investigation of an island owned by a wealthy recluse who is building there a kingdom of his own with native labor and a seemingly bottomless purse. Many steamships from far-off lands are increasing their calls each week at the mysterious island. We find Jim in the office of Colonel Cripps, Chief of Army Intelligence for the Caribbean area. Sabotage? Colonel Cripps, are you certain? There's no question about it, Bradley. A fiendishly clever mechanic sawed through one of the brackets holding the return mechanism in such a way that once the landing gear was brought up into the wing, the bracket would break. It'd never go down again, and another unexplained crash might have occurred. Well, it certainly points to me, all right. There was no one else on board that ship they wanted. Jim, you've got to be careful. This gang of plotters are evidently playing for big stakes and will stop at nothing. Murder is probably just a sideline with them. Of course I'll be careful, Colonel. But don't you think our first problem is to find out who we're dealing with? We'll find that out. They'll show their hand to you or ourselves soon enough. But with extra vigilance, you should be able to match them and probably beat them at their own game. Well, that hasn't been so hard in the past, Colonel. These underhanded groups of spies and such usually work the same way. Same old bag of tricks. Well, I think we've hit on a new one for them. You're leaving here tonight. They mustn't find out about it. 
Tonight? Well, that's not possible. I've got to have a lot more time, Colonel. I'd like to give it to you, Jim. But we've made arrangements with a Captain Kennedy to take you. He has a trading sloop. And once a month or so, he stops at the island I told you about. He sells them practically all of their staple provisions. He sails tonight and won't return for a month. Well, uh, couldn't we get there some other way? Not without arousing so much suspicion as to endanger your mission, Jim. I see. Perhaps you're right, Colonel. Uh, when does he leave, and uh, how much time have we to get ready? We? Why, surely. Colo, Miss St. John, and myself. Jim, my understanding of this matter was that you were to work alone. In fact, here's the official order from Colonel Barris and his special note to you. Why don't you read it? Oh, thank you. Down the bottom, Jim. I see. Uh, no, I, mean, I honestly recommend that you go at it alone. Therein lies your best chance for success. My heartiest good wishes, signed Colonel Barrett. You see, Jim. Uh, I suppose he travels fastest who travels alone. Oh, but Colonel, uh, how can I keep in touch with you? Kennedy, this trading captain, is our only possible line of communication. And you can trust him implicitly. We do. I've got a Colonel. Why can't we ship Colo as a member of Kennedy's crew? Then he could carry our messages back and forth. Well, there's no reason why not. In fact, within rather broad limitations, you can work out any program you wish. We're behind you, ready with any cooperation you need or want. I know that, Colonel. But I've got to get the evidence of any secret bases that might exist on that island before you can make a move. Well, that's putting it rather simply, but completely. Okay, Colonel. Let's do it your way. Now, um, when does this fellow expect to sail, and uh, when can I meet him? He sails at midnight, and he's been waiting on you all day, Jim. Good. I'll pick up Colo and... Arrange the meeting. I think it's better for you to meet Captain Kennedy here on the reservation. Then you won't be seen near his ship till it's ready to sail. Right, Colonel. Just a moment, Jim. Yes, sir? Corporal, I want you to escort Mr. Bradley to the office in warehouse number six. Yes, sir. Any further orders? No, that is all. Thank you, sir. Well, Jim, so long for now. I'm sure you'll get on very well with Kennedy, and he'll be able to give you plenty of help in the way of information about the island. All right, and goodbye, Colonel. I'll return in perhaps an hour. This goodbye, way, Jim. Better go by car, sir. That warehouse is down near the wharf. It's about a mile and a half, sir. We can pick up my assistant, Colo. He's probably at the first aid station yet, getting a rather nasty gash on his head treated. Certainly, sir. Here we are. Six, Mr. Bradley. Tuan Jim, what place this be? Just an office in a not too noisy warehouse where we can have peace and quiet. Colo. Yes, Tuan Jim. We've got to split up on this job. Huh? Why, Tuan? You not like Colo anymore? <laughs> what I like or dislike has nothing to do with it, Colo. We're going to do different jobs on this case, that's all. What Colo do, Tuan? Well, you're to join the crew of Captain Kennedy, an inter-island trader who is going to drop me on the island, which is under suspicion. 
Through you and Kennedy, Colonel Cripps and myself can get word back and forth to each other. Why not Kolu go on island, Tuan? Who take care of Jungle Jim if Kolu not be there? I'm afraid I'll have to take care of myself, Kolo. Besides, you are just as important to the success of this mission as I am. Mm-hmm. Kolu not like. But what you want, Tuan, Kolu do. Here's the officer. Jungle Jim Bradley, I'm Captain Kennedy. How do you do, Captain? Mighty glad to know you. Yeah, this is Colo, Captain do? Kennedy. Happy to know Captain Kennedy. Mr. Bradley, no doubt Colonel Cripps has told you that we sail at midnight, that I'm ready to help you in whatever way I can. Yes, Captain, thank you. I have only one request. Yes? Colo here will ask for a berth as an able seaman. Well, that's easy. All he has to do is come aboard and sign articles any time he wants. Well, thanks again. Now, Captain... Uh, can you give me a sketchy outline of this fellow who owns the island? No one knows very much about him, except that his name is Bull Forson, and the fact that he must be as rich as Rockefeller. He must have spent millions. He's built a castle worthy of an emperor. He buys nothing but the best, and plenty of that. About how old is he? Hard to say, exactly. He's a big, well-preserved fellow. I guess about 50. Could be 10 years off, either direction. Mm-hmm. Nationality? He holds American citizenship. But whether he was born in the United States or was naturalized, that's another guess. Well, uh, tell me, Captain. Uh, what? Uh, hey, hey, look out, Jim. Someone shoot. What the tarnation is going on outside there? I'll find out in Toronto. Quiet there. Who have you got there, Corporal? I've got him, sir. Now, let me get a look at him. Who is he? What's your name? Jose Martinez. I don't do nothing. His gun just go off. I don't even touch Santa Maria, he's scaring me too. What are you uh, doing here? No, I know him, sir. That's his right name. Yes, he works in the armor's shed, a sort of a porter and general handyman. What were you running away for if you didn't fire that shot? I don't do nothing, I tell you. She just go off. Bang, I think I die, so I run to find out. That truck full of guns. What were you doing with them? Every day I get guns to be fixed. Bring here. Never touch, I know life. Yeah, he's right about the gun, sir. He collects the pieces needing test or adjustment and delivers them to the gun shop. It's in the next building. I suppose it could be an accident. But watch the gun that should not be loaded be wheeled past the building where we were talking to Captain Kennedy. Go off by accident, miss my head by an inch, and get cold on the shoulder. Tell me why. Well, I don't know as I would try to answer such a riddle. Just an accident, I suppose. Corporal, I want this man taken into custody. And I think Colonel Cripps will want to question him plenty about this. Right, sir. Jose, come on. The big boss wants to see you. Sure, I go. Mother of the deals. Those guns be very bad things. Good thing I stay away from them all the time, huh? Uh, take him in, Corporal. I'll take Colo over to the first aid. And tell the colonel I'll be there in half an hour. Yes, sir. Come on, Jose. Yes, sir. Well, Colo, how do you feel? Mm, not be bad, Twan. Just little scratch. Yes, I know, but we'll let the doctor have a look at it anyway. And then I want to see Colonel Cripps and find out what he knows about Jose. Jim, all set? Yes, Colonel. I've made all arrangements with Captain Kennedy. He'll take Colo on as a member of the crew, and we sail at midnight. Good work. I knew you'd get on well with him, Jim. Say, uh, what about this Jose, Colonel? I don't quite know what to say about him yet, though I am inclined to believe his story about it being an accident. It's possible, of course, Colonel. But in the light of the events of the past few days, I'm inclined to view everything with suspicion. Well, this Jose is a... He's a native. He was born on the island, and he's got a good job, which gives him not only living, but a social position where he can lord it over his friends. No, Jim, 
He'd think twice before he'd put his position in danger. There was something about him I don't like, Colonel. It's only a hunch, of course. But I'd watch him for a while. Oh, definitely, Jim. I'm suspicious, too, but he's got a clean alibi. I've assigned a 24-hour watch to him for a few days to see if anything develops to justify your hunch. I'll feel more comfortable if he proves to be in the clear. If he's tied up with the gang we're chasing, it almost proves that they know about our plans before we make them. Well, no matter what they know, Jim, the department feels that with you on the job, it's only a matter of time when they'll be behind bars or out of the picture somehow. Thanks for your confidence and good wishes, Colonel. I'll take off now. I have to break the bad news to Kitty. She expects to come along, you know. Oh, Jim, (laughs) she can have a much better time here. Plenty of young officers around. (laughs) And a pretty girl will have more escort than she knows what to do with. Fine. Well, Colonel Cripps, thanks for everything, and uh, you'll hear from me either through Cola or Captain Kennedy. Goodbye, my boy. And my every good wish goes with So you see, Kitty, what with department regulations, the need for secrecy and caution, I have no choice in the matter but to leave you here for a while anyway. Jim, I don't like it one bit. Those intelligent department men, if they were so smart, they wouldn't have to call you in. They'd do their own dirty work. Now, Kitty, you're not being your usual sweet self. Who would? You brought me down here. You led me to like this sort of adventurous life. Now you want me to sit here all alone and probably knit. While you're off in another case, I don't want to do it. Now, look, Kitty. Is a request enough, or do I have to give you orders? Well, if you put it that way, I, I have no choice. Good girl. I knew you'd be sensible. Well, goodbye, Jim. You sail at midnight? Yes, in an absolute secrecy. Goodbye, Kitty. Oh, don't look so glum. I'll be seeing you sooner than you expect. All right, Jim. Goodbye, Kitty. So, you think you can treat me like a flighty, scattered-brained little girl, do you? I'll show you. I'll show you. What is Kitty going to show Jim? And will Colonel Cripps connect the mysterious accident of the shot with the gang of spies that Jim is trailing in the Caribbean? Don't miss the next exciting episode of The Adventures of Jungle Jim. Remember, you can follow these adventures in the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement containing the best full-color adventure and comic pictures. Remember, no other comic supplement can give you the top names of cartoon land like the all-star favorites to be found in the Comic Weekly. The whole family follows the fun and frolics of Jiggs and Maggie, the Little King, the immortal Donald Duck, as well as the exciting adventures of Jungle Jim and Flash Gordon. Join the 11 million adults and 6 million youngsters who every week find the greatest of home entertainment in the Comic Weekly, which comes to you with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. More thrilling radio adventures of Jungle Jim will be heard at this time next week over the same station. Be sure to tune in.
Exciting the adventures of Jungle Jim. The adventures of Jungle Jim broadcast weekly over this station are dramatized from the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly. The world's greatest comic supplement comes to you each week with your first Sunday newspaper. Join the 11 million adults and the 6 million youngsters who enjoy the world's greatest comic and adventure pictures by the world's best artists featured in every issue of the Comic Weekly, which comes to you with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. Jim has made final arrangements for his departure from Puerto Rico. He has secured a berth as seaman for Colo on Captain Kennedy's sloop, an inter-island trading vessel which is to carry him to the mysterious island owned by Bull Thorson. Colonel Cripps has supplied Jim with all the information available about this strange character who is complete master of an island empire. Both Jim and the colonel suspect that the island is being used illegally as a secret submarine base by an unnamed foreign power. It is to investigate this supposed base that Jim is sailing at midnight. Kitty St. John has been left behind. Jim decided that the trip might hold dangers she should not be made to face. But Kitty's appetite for adventure is not to be ignored so easily. And after saying goodbye to Jim, she promises herself to show him a trick or two. As our story opens, Captain Kennedy is preparing to sail. Batten down that forward hatch and tell that lazy bunch of stevedores we don't intend to stay here all night. Aye, aye, sir. I got them hustling now. They should have all the cargo stowed in ten minutes. It better be or I'll come down there and put a little ginger in them. Hey there, hold that snake. Where in tarnation did you learn how to turn cargo? Captain, eh? Who's Captain. That? It's me. Come out of that shadow. Who are you? Jungle Jim Bradley, Captain. How did you get aboard? I've been watching for you. Just came up the gangplank, sir. I had a guard posted there waiting for you. I waited around the dock, picked up a big box, and came aboard with a line of stevedores. Well, you did it pretty slick. You could have stowed away for all of me and never would have known it. I figured it'd be the best way, Captain. See, certain accidents have just missed happening to me since I took on this case. And I wanted to be sure no one saw me come on aboard. Well, if we couldn't find out when you arrived and we were expecting you, I don't guess anyone will know that you're here. But rest assured, you're safe here as a babe in its mother's arms. I don't doubt that for a moment, Captain. Yes, sir, I can vouch for every man jack of this crew of mine. Most of them have been with me for years. Well, I didn't see Colo, Captain. Has he arrived yet? Well, he's been here since 8 o'clock. I've got him below stowing cargo. He's a good man, Bradley. Takes to sailing like a hog takes to mud. Why, he's a jewel, Captain. Yeah, I'd like to keep him. Anytime he wants a berth on my ship, he can have it. Well, I guess they finished loading. Yes, and right on time, Captain. Well, we're all set, sir. Ready to sail. We can give the order. Cast off immediately. You'll need every minute of this tide. Get a hustle on those men. Aye, aye, sir. And aye, sailors aye, get lazy when they're in port. The ship bearing Jim and Colo heads southeast, and with a favorable breeze, is soon out of sight of land. Colo, being initiated into ship's routine as one of the crew, has just gone off duty, and is shown to his bunk by another member of the crew. Well, here you are, Colo. Your kit's stowed in here. It's not fancy, but it's mighty comfortable. It'd be fine. 
Colo like. Well, I always said if you work hard enough, any bed is soft. You're right. Man sometimes be tired to enjoy sleep on rock. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, so long. I'm going to turn in, too. I don't hear the engine, so I guess we got enough breeze to do without it, huh? Yes. Much breeze. I be up on deck a few minutes ago. Much breeze. Big full moon. Well, your next trick's a dog watch. Maybe I'll break in at the wheel. You got to learn sometime, and the sooner the better. Yes, Kolu be glad to learn. Yeah. Well, good night to you. Good night. Well, now we start another strange case. Hmm. What be that? Funny place for clock. Most clock don't run so fast. Kolu no like. Better tell Jim. Sleep? Kolu sleep when time come. Have to see Jungle Jim. He's up forward. At second cabin door on your left. Mm. Hey, anything wrong? Kolu not know yet. Must get Jim first. Tuan Jim! Tuan Jim! Hey, what's the racket? Who's there? It be Kolu. Come quick, Tuan. What's the matter, Kolu? Thought you'd be asleep by now. Tuan, come with Kolu. Funny noise down below, beside bunk. Oh, there's a lot of funny noises aboard ship, Kolo. Kolo, not like this one, Tuan. What kind of a noise is it? Make noise like clock. What's the matter with you, Kolo? Don't you know they have clocks aboard? Kolo, no, but this one behind wall run very fast. Oh, the next thing you know, you'll be seeing a mermaid. Maybe. You come. Come, Tuan. Kolo, not fool. All right, Kolo. I'll be with you in a jiffy. Kolo, uh, where are your quarters, aft? No, Tuan. Up there, front of boat. Here's one. Listen. Say. Say, that is my colo. Wonder what it is. That big clocked one, like I tell you. Yes. Coming from behind that wall. Wonder what's in there. That be forward hole. I help load boxes and bales, all kinds. We've got to get in there, Carlo, and find the cause of that ticking. Oh, no, boy, I hope we find it soon enough. It's what I think it is. Carlo think it's the same thing, Tuan. But what are we waiting for? Where's the entrance to that hole? Up on deck, through hatch. Come on. We've got to get to Captain Kennedy. Bosun. Aye. Have you seen Captain Kennedy? Aye, he's asleep, sir. Well, we've got to wake him pronto. Oh, no, the captain don't like to have his sleep interrupted, sir. Leastwise, he always makes a fuss when it happens. He won't make no fuss this time. Captain Kennedy! Captain Kennedy! Yeah, what's up here? Stop that racket. Captain! Captain, I've got to see you. All right. Wait a minute. What's all the shooting for? It's nighttime, man. Captain Cole here just reported a ticking noise close to his bunk. Called me, I investigated, and that's just what it is, and I don't like it. Sounds just like the sort of a clock mechanism that would be on a time bomb. A time bomb? Well, that's ridiculous. Of all the cockeyed old woman's tales, a bomb on my ship. I didn't say it was a bomb. I only said it could be. In any case, we want to find out a lot more about it while there's still time to do so. Where does it seem to come from, Colo? Right by bunk, in forward hold. Why, man, that bunk is level with the floor of the hold. We'll have to haul up half my cargo just to get near it. Suppose it is an infernal machine, Captain, and we don't bother about it. Maybe the cargo will never have to be moved again. 
Well, do you really believe this crazy bomb idea, then? After what happened to that plane that flew us to Puerto Rico, after they shot in the warehouse, you saw that. Why, I'd believe anything, Captain. Well, I'll take a listen to it anyway. Captain, Tuan Jim be right. That tick-tock, no good. Right here, Captain. Yeah. Well, that's a clock ticking, all right. I swear there isn't supposed to be any in the cargo I've shipped. Maybe you're right. Ain't nothing to do except start hauling it around. Bosun! Aye, aye, sir! Give that wheel to someone! Get me three men and unbatten that forward hatch. Hurry. Very good, sir. It's time to make the wheels. Come on, Jim. We've got plenty to do. You too, Colo. Swing that boom over to the corner. Lord away with those bail hooks. I'll get down there, Captain, and help load. All right, Jim. Hey, you, Colo. Keep that deck space clear for those top bales. Yes, Captain. Colo, do. That's good, hold it. I'm sure there's nothing in those just bags of coffee, but... You hear anything, Jim? Not a sound, Captain. I'm sure whatever it is, it's down much lower. All the way. Hey, Walters. Yes, Keep some of those boxes, the small ones, over to the port side. All right, sir. Hold Captain, quiet, quiet up there. Sorry, Bradley. Quiet, all of you. Got anything, Jim? Not in this one. But I think I can hear it faintly now. We're not far from it. All right. Hold it up, then. Hold it. Hold it. Listen to that one, Colo. Quiet. Colo, hear nothing, Captain. Uh, Captain! Yes? Captain, I got it! Get those hooks out here right away! This is it, Captain! Right. Right. Don't you hit him! Get oh, that flag down! Drop it easy. Yeah. Yeah, there's no question this is the one. Here, Colo, get a bar and a big hammer. We've got to take it easy, Captain. This thing might go off right under our noses. I don't propose to waste much time on it now that we've got this far. Why, look, this case is addressed to Thorson's Island. I don't care. It's going to be open right here and now. Yep. Be gentle with it, though. Okay. Okay. Jim. By thunder, you were right. Look at that black box. Let me have that, Captain. Stand back. Overboard you go, right over the plate. Ah, well done, lad. That can't go off now. If that time bomb had not been discovered and tossed overboard by Jungle Jim, Captain Kennedy's ship and all on board might never have been heard from again. The time has now arrived for Jim to take his departure from Colo and Captain Kennedy. Well, Jim, that's as near as I can make you look like a shipwreck victim. In fact, if I saw you in the small boat right now, I'd put about my ship and pick you up. Well, thanks for everything, Captain. Oh, listen to him thanking me when every man jack aboard owes his life to you, Jungle Jim. We're not going to forget it, either. Oh, I was just doing Colo and myself some good. Anyone would have done the same thing, Captain Kennedy. Well, goodbye, lad. Good luck. Thank you. Your 
sure you removed all the identification marks from the boat? Oh, yes, I even had a new name stenciled on the life preservers. What was that? What? What that splash? Oh, I don't think that was from my boat. It's probably a couple of porpoises playing. Oh. Well, if you lower the boat, I'll be leaving now. That's your thing. All right, Bosun, lower away. How far am I from the island? Oh, I'd say between four and five miles. It's an hour before daybreak. That moon will be gone in a little while. Well, thanks a lot, Captain. Goodbye. Goodbye, Jim. Probably a half a day getting this scow on the shore. Well, what can I... Why, why, it's an arm. An arm. Hey, hey, let go of this boat. Let go, I say. Why, it's you. What are you doing here? Who did Jim discover hanging on the back of his boat? What bearing can this mysterious person have on the latest exploit of Jungle Jim? Don't miss the next exciting episode of The Adventures of Jungle Jim. Remember, you can follow these adventures in the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement containing the best full-color adventure and comic pictures. No other comic supplement can give you the top names of cartoon land like the all-star favorites to be found in the Comic Weekly. The whole family follows the fun and frolics of Jiggs and Maggie, the Little King, the immortal Donald Duck, as well as the exciting adventures of Jungle Jim and Flash Gordon. Join the 11 million adults and the 6 million youngsters who every week find the greatest of home entertainment in the Comic Weekly, which comes to you with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. More thrilling radio adventures of Jungle Jim will be heard at this same time next week over the same station. Be sure to tune in. Jungle Jim was originally a newspaper comic strip created in 1934. It was written by Don Moore with art by Alex Raymond. Raymond was also the artist for such series as Tilly the Toiler, Blondie, Secret Agent X-9, and Rip Kirby. When in the jungles of Southeast Asia, who are you going to trust with your life? Someone who knows the ins and outs of the terrain since birth? A person so steeped in the culture and ways of the land that their reactions are instinct, not thought? Heck no! You want a guy with a safari hat named Jim. Okay, so if you can get past this premise, you have a fun jungle adventure show aimed at kids. Each episode is 15 minutes. Jungle Jim Bradley, the great hunter, fights poachers, hunts ghosts, finds gold, fights the Japanese, hunts wild beasts, negotiates with native tribes, finds mysterious lost islands, you name it, it was in the series. Jungle Jim was accompanied by his native guide and friend Kolu, and also Shanghai Lil, a woman who would join him on occasion. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week.